Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Ice the Kicker podcast. I am your host, Glenn Denegris, alongside my co-host, Matt Ferrara. We have a third co-host that will be joining us next week, Garrett Wiedemann, but it's his birthday today, 24 years old, getting up there at age. He's at Mount Fuji right now. Matt, I know that's one of your that has to be one of your favorites, right? Nothing better. Well, Nothing better than Mount Fuji. That's so if it, it, it's finally here, it, it, it snuck up on us this year. It definitely that's, snuck yeah. up on this year. It's been a fucked up. 2020 there's been a pandemic that's been you know ravaging the whole planet and sports hasn't been the same this year and football is one of the big kind of examples of that because you know there was no training camp there was no preseason um there's going to be a limited amount of stadiums that are or cities that are actually going to have fans in the in the ballpark it's one of those weird things that matt i don't know if you feel the same way when you know we it started coming up and like we have a game by the time this drops tonight with the Texans and the Chiefs, I had no idea football was coming this quick. Yeah, it's one of those things where every single day I was watching every Dolphins beat reporter. Obviously, Dolphins on the team, huge Dolphins guy. Yeah, every every single day I'd be like, what what happened at practice today? What happened at practice today? And then training camp lasted a solid maybe what two three weeks. And mm-hmm. realistically, like we said, the games tonight. These guys have about 20 practices under their belt. So thinking strategically here, any team who has new guys on the roster, it's going to be tough for them to kind of handle it early on. I'm suspecting a lot of struggle from teams early on, and that's why a team like the Chiefs, obviously, that we're going to get into, they're not going to have too much too much struggle in early on just because they have basically an identical team. And you, and you make a good point, and I was going to get to this, actually, after we talk Chiefs-Texans, but since we since you brought it up, we'll talk about it now. With no or with a limited amount of time in training camp and absolutely no preseason to get those actual game reps, because you obviously would know it's it's a difference between hitting guys who wear the same color jersey as you and hitting guys that are on a different team in a different organization. So those teams that have the new head coach, new quarterback combo, um, you know, Dallas has a new head coach. Um the Washington has a new head. Like all these teams, Cleveland has a new head coach. That's going to be a learning experience in the middle of the regular season to try to get that system down for these coach and quarterback combinations that have never played before. Yeah, it's 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 going to be, and again, for, for your Giants, you got a whole new staff full of, yeah. you, you, got, you got so many new guys. And again, you got everybody learning the system for the first time, at least for the Dolphins, you have a returning head coach, but you have about almost like 20 rookies which yeah. is unheard of. You, you have a team full of guys who there's only two players o- over the uh, age of 29. It's Kyle Van Noe, who's only 30, and then obviously Fitzmagic, who's 37, 38. So yeah. you have a brand-new system coming in. Again, you had no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, just one simple training camp. Again, no one's getting hit. Mm-hmm. No, no one's getting touched. So I don't know how these teams with, with these new systems are, are going to be expected to do well early on. And I think once you dive in at the schedule – you look at, all right, who's playing uh, division games early? And then you're like, well, damn, like if I have to play, again, you look at the Dolphins, you have to play division rival Patriots week one and then Buffalo Bills week two. It's like, well, we got a brand new team of basically teenagers and you have yeah. a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. What What's going to happen? And obviously you expect them to win every time they step on the field. But realistically, I think you're going to see a lot of teams start off that 0-3, 0-4, and, and then they're going to get hot late. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with certain teams with, hey, if, if I start off 0-6, what am I doing at the trade deadline? 
even yeah. though I might finish with 10 straight wins, what am I doing? Are we selling out or are we going to stay and buy in? And it's going to be interesting to see with a lot of these teams. And you can look at that from a Dolphins perspective as a, both a negative and a positive week one against the Patriots. You can see it as, hey, we don't have kind of the experience of all playing together with, as you said, 20 rookies. But you look across the field and the New England Patriots, you look across, you don't see Tom Brady on the other side anymore. You're not seeing Rob Gronkowski on that other side anymore other side of the sideline anymore you're seeing a Jarrett Stidham and you're seeing a Cam Newton which you know who knows what he is at that point so you can see from a Dolphins perspective as hey we have an opportunity to beat the Patriots and get that win off the board before they get into any sort of a rhythm if you face them for the first time in week 10 say uh, it's again could have said any better you have a chance to keep dethroning because I'm not going to forget that week 17 win that we had that mm. almost ended the dynasty, you could say, yeah. but you have a chance that you get that win under your belt. And then again, say you, you, you tackle the, the bills in the next week, mm-hmm. hey, you're two and oh in the division against the bills who I've seen uh, get projected to win 13 wins, which is I think ridiculous, but it's just, it's just getting those, those quick two statement games out of the way. And then God forbid what happens mm-hmm. later. Cause then say you have, you mix an experienced team with injury team, then that's a recipe for disaster. I'm yeah, very, that, very intrigued to see what happens there. And you could say the same thing about the Giants because week one, Monday Night Football, they play Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't thrown a pass in five years, it seems. Like, we don't know what this, what this guy's arm is going to look like week one. So a chance for the Giants and the first year, first full year of Daniel Jones to really get things going. But before we get into those games, Matt, let's talk about the game that's going to happen tonight. Mm-hmm. By the time this records, it'll be tonight. And that's the Chiefs. And the Texans. Really, these two teams had completely different off seasons since that AFC divisional round when Texas blew or the Texans blew that 24 to nothing lead to Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Chiefs went on, win the Super Bowl. Everybody loves the story. Everybody loves Patrick Mahomes. Everyone loves Travis Kelsey, you know, that raw, raw guy. Mahomes gets that $75 billion extension, right? And, you know, Deshaun Watson gets his extension too, but the difference is. You know, Bill O'Brien, he ships DeAndre Hopkins out to Arizona. So it's a much different Houston Texans team that really gave Kansas City a scare back in January. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said earlier on, you look at the Chiefs, like, did they lose anybody? No, No. they just they They, paid paid the players that they need. And I was a guy, and I like looking at the money and the salary cap. And after the draft ended, I'm like, they have about, like, $130,000 $130,000 in cap space, yet they re-signed everybody to almost record deals. I honestly don't know how they did it. And then, again, you look at the Texans. You traded the farm for Laramie Tunsil, and then you paid him $22 million a year for the next three or four years. So you invested in him. Deshaun Watson's getting $40 million a year for the next four years. So they're paying, I guess, who they think is most important, but then you look at who is their wide receivers? Or who are the yeah. wide receivers? You get Randall Cobb. He's coming in, going to try to replace DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You have David Johnston. So you have no idea what's going to happen with him. And then I, I still think their their defense is just very suspect. And again, a lot of people are JJ Watch fans, and I don't know why I'm not, but it's just it, it's one of those things where he's just never on the field. Exactly. He's just never, never, never on the field. And it's like, listen, when he's on the field, he's awesome. Defensive yeah. player of the year. It's, it's amazing. But if he's not on the field, like who 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 else is going to make those plays? And I, I'm very, very curious to see. And obviously, since the Dolphins have a couple of their draft picks, I, I need them to lose just about every game. And 
you know, you got to really scratch your head with the job that Bill O'Brien's doing. Some of the moves he's made over the last few years, you're like, what the hell is this guy thinking? Is he trying to drag this organization through the mud? This is a really, really good team that has a really good quarterback. You can make the argument that behind Mahomes and him and Jackson, Watson and Jackson are probably in, in the running for the second best quarterback in the AFC. You have to build around a guy like Deshaun Watson. You can't subtract from his arsenal and now without um a De- deandre hopkins he doesn't have that number one guy so now De- uh, hopkins is going to be or i'm sorry watson's going to be looking around saying where do i go with the football yeah it, it's again it's, you look at again mahomes uh, he's got everybody under the everybody. sun plus that they they added in Clyde edwards hilaire who killed it in the college uh, football playoff run there and got a national championship out of it so it, it really is questionable and i'm not a, the biggest fan of having the coaches be the GM too. And again, I know I saw Gase do it a little bit with the Dolphins and a little bit with the Jets. And I think both teams were better and made smart decisions being, hey, listen, you coach, we'll get you guys you may want. And again, might not be everybody, but let the GMs do their job and let the coaches coach because that's just too much on their plate. And then you have Bill O'Brien worrying one day about uh, what am I doing for, for rookie minicamp or what am I doing for OTAs or what am I doing for practice? Oh, wait, I got to re-sign Deshaun Watson too in the middle of all this? Like that's too much on his plate in my mind. Let's talk about specifically the Chiefs this season. Of course, they won the Super Bowl. They bring everybody back. They have Mahomes. They have the Hall of Fame head coach in Andy Reid. The weapons that Mahomes has is ridiculous, as you alluded to. A guy like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Darren Williams. The list goes on and on about the, the guys that you know Mahomes has at his, at his disposal. I was thinking about this last night, Matt. Out of all the Super Bowl champions over the last 17 years since the Patriots went back to back in 03 and 04, I feel like this Chiefs team has the best chance since then. I know the Seahawks had that Super Bowl championship and then followed that up with a lot of good years after that. I know they were, you know, a yard away from going back to back. And then, of course, you know, they don't give the ball to Marshawn Marshawn Lynch. But this Chiefs, top to bottom, from the first guy on the roster to the 55th guy on the roster, has to be the deepest team in the NFL going into 2020. And in a season, Matt, where you know this COVID thing is hanging over everybody's head, they have the most experience of playing together as a unit, and that's going to benefit them in the long run. Yeah, and again, just like referencing what we said earlier, they don't really have many guys coming into key positions where they need to learn a whole new system. Like again, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he comes in, he's the running back. All right, so it, it's not too hard for them to pick up where they left off. He's just coming in, learn the, the few plays that they might have for his position, and then that's that. And then you look at – usually I know I've always heard wideouts have a tougher time coming into a new system because they got to learn, all right, how does their coach want them to run routes? What are you doing here? What are you doing there? But everybody's coming back. And the same thing defensively. Everybody's coming back. It's just every single guy on their team is coming in, and they should expect to win every single game and probably every single game handedly. I mean, they had a magical postseason last year. They, you know, come back 24 nothing in the divisional game against um, the Texans, who they're playing tonight. They, had, mm-hmm. they came back against the Titans in the AFC Championship game to move on to the Super Bowl, and then they came back against the 49ers in the Super Bowl as well. It was like the Cinderella team. And, Matt, it doesn't happen if your Dolphins don't beat the Patriots and give the Chiefs that two seed. And they, also got, help. they also got help by the Ravens kind of like – you know, Jackson for the second straight year in the postseason kind of falling off the cliff. Let me ask you this. Do the Chiefs have a hole at all? Do they have any weakness? 
I, I honestly, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I bet if you had to rank their ball boys, they'd probably be number one in that yeah. too. Again, it's just the two experience of a head coach with Andy Reid, and then Mahomes is the guy, and he he is the guy. He he's being pushed right now to be the Mike Trout of baseball, if not even better. He's being pushed right now to be the LeBron James uh, of basketball. That's the level that the NFL and especially the Chiefs are pushing him to be. So again, he's got big shoes to fill. But when you look at him. You, you could say, all right, he's going to fill him. He's going to fill him right. And, again, everybody is just going to be chasing him. Bar none, the best quarterback in football, I really honestly don't even think is close. And the division that he's playing in, you know, there's not a lot of competitions. you got the Broncos who are you know, starting Drew Locke, a quarterback. We'll see how he does. The Raiders who are always, you know, talked up to yeah. be like this team that's going to finally break through after – thousand years and it never happens mm -hmm. and the chargers you know philip rivers is out the door herbert from baylor is in so you really don't see that you know competition coming from that division at all it, i again and not to, not to keep talking about the dolphins but the afc east again you look at brady's run mm -hmm. he would just manhandle every single team in the afc east that's what i mean you look at their division like, you drew Locke. All right, yeah, he had some hype behind him. That's nice. Bob Miller, now he's out. All right, now who's replacing him? I have mm -hmm. no idea. You look at the Raiders, like you keep saying. Yeah, they got Henry Ruggs. That's awesome. But Derek Carr, they've been trying to ship out the door for the last three years. Yeah. And they still I mean, haven't, they still haven't show found. Show me at this point. You got to prove That's it to me mean. that you can play quarterback. I mean, we always hear about Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr. When is, when, when is it going to happen for him? I mean, we, we hyped him up, and then they made that one run to the playoffs. He gets hurt. And then, like, what's his name? Connor Cook had to start that. Yeah, it went, game. exactly. And then they've never been the same since. They had that Antonio Brown fiasco last year where they suspended him. They didn't suspend him. There was a recording between him and, you know, Gruden's phone call, and then they released him, and then he went um, to pay. It was just yeah. a whole mess. That, yeah. that organization, you know, they're moving to Vegas. That organization's a complete disaster. So the Chiefs, it's dangerous. you look at it this year, and they have an automatic six spot with those six division games. I, I, I don't see it. And let, barring an injury to, to Patty Mahomes, I don't see why they, they honestly can't just, yeah, exactly like you said, win every division game. Yeah. And, th and that's really how you get things done in any sport, in basketball and baseball and hockey in football. You take care of your division, you're going to be in pretty good shape because go, each yeah. divisional game, that counts as two, really, because mm -hmm. you're gaining a game and they're moving back. So, you know, the Chiefs, they're going to be, they're going to walk into the playoffs, man. They're going to just that's walk it. right like, into Like it. you said, for, for every team, it's trying to make the playoffs. And, again, there's an extra playoff spot this year. But you go 4-2 and two in your division, you're chilling right now. You, you, gotta, you, you scrap away maybe even four, five extra wins, and then you're in the playoffs. That's it. Now, it's, let me ask, basically you, let me ask you this. You're, you're a collegiate athlete. You play baseball at William Patterson. Um, you're very successful. You guys make the playoffs, all that shit. Great. How do you – and this is going to happen with the Chiefs. This could be their one weakness. This could be their weakness. Nothing to do with talent, but the fact that they just get bored. That, like, this doesn't – like, this regular season doesn't matter. How do, you, yeah. how do you stop that? How do you stop that Super Bowl hangover? So, what I think, it, it, it comes with a veteran head coach, and you got Andy Reid. So, mm -hmm. right off the bat, you have a great, great leader who knows what it takes to win. And, again, he's lost his fair share amount of games, too. So, he, he knows what it took for them to get there. And now he's got to make sure you just keep, keep them on pace. And then I think Patty Mahomes, too, in the few years he's been in the league, he looks like just a great leader. Just guys gravitate towards him. And you have a lot of younger guys who are, they're hungry. And whether they're hungry for rings, they're hungry for some money. Mm -hmm. And again, they see Patty Mahomes get that money and they're like, I want a piece. And, yeah. and it, it's, it, this is a business. And the NFL is a business. Sports are a business. And people need to understand that. 
you're chasing that paper. It's, it's just how it is. And if that's your motivation, it is what it is because you're going to get the best out of that guy. And if, if his motivation is money, then just roll with it. And I think being they have a lot of young guys too, there's nothing really wrong with that. As long yeah. as they, they, they keep having that team, team attitude. But, hey, listen, I'm going to go ball out and get paid and then go from there. And that's how I think they're going to stay hungry and they're going to just keep winning, keep winning, just following good leadership and just knowing what their motivation is. We see it time and time again in sports. So we see it with baseball right now, that hangover mm-hmm. from winning. I mean, the Nationals suck this year. The Astros yeah. <laughs> suck this year. The Yankees suck this year. They go into the playoffs. I mean, they go into the regular season, and they kind of just, like, throw their gloves on the ground. We'll get out of baseball in a second because it's not a baseball show. But you just – they throw their gloves on the ground and say, we're, we're the Yankees, we're the Astros, we're the Nationals, we're going to win. And I think if anybody is going to stop the Chiefs from throwing their cleats on the ground and saying, we're the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to win every single game, it doesn't even matter, it would be Andy Reid because he's been through mm-hmm. it before. He was in Philadelphia. He, he was very successful there. But he also had a lot of heartbreak there. And he also had a lot of heartbreak in Kansas City the year before the Super Bowl, that AFC Championship game against the Patriots, that they were in overtime, probably should have won it, didn't. So yeah. that is a battle-tested head coach. And if anybody's going to keep them from, you know, hitting a Super Bowl hangover wall, it would be him. Mm-hmm. Um, game is tonight, obviously, play the Texans, rematch of that divisional round. Talk about the Texans and their division. The Tennessee Titans went further than the Texans did. They went to the AFC Championship game. They upset the Patriots in that wild card game led by your guy, Ryan Tannehill, Always and obviously, obviously Derrick Henry right behind him, coming back. Mm-hmm. What are your, do you think the Tennessee Titans can win that division and overtake the Texans now that they don't have De- DeAndre Hopkins? So, on, honestly, I, I think there, there is a great, great chance. And I think everybody nowadays, you want the cool, the, the young quarterback. He scrambles mm-hmm. a lot. He throws it a mile. Mm-hmm. But again, and I've been banging the table on Tannehill for a while, and I've been saying for the you past love eight him. years. I've known you for I, years. You love yourself, and, some Ryan and, Tannehill. And my thing with him is that he he's not great, but he's good enough. And like we've mm-hmm. seen with Jimmy G, good enough can get you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tannehill was good enough to beat uh, the Ravens and then beat the Patriots. So you give a guy like Tannehill a good line, which and they had a great line, Tennessee, and a good defense. Mm-hmm. That was it was a recipe for success. So. I think a lot of teams are really going to use them as an example and be like, hey, listen, like, I might not get the next Lamar Jackson in the draft, but that's okay because I want to invest now in my defense, in my offensive line. And now I'm opening up holes for a running back that I could pay $1 million, some slap that we don't even know his name, and he's just going to hit the hole and get five yards every time. Yeah. And I'm going to get a quarterback who's not going to throw the ball 50 times like a Big Ben or maybe even like a Mahomes. I'm going to throw it 20-25. But you just got to make sure those 20, 25 throws are good, good throws. And that's it. And you don't turn the ball over, which he really didn't. There's the recipe right there. And, again, easier said than done. But with, with their same, t- basically, team, I mean, I know they lost Conklin, but they drafted a first-round uh, lineman out of Georgia. So he'll fill in for him. And then I don't see why they can't do the same thing over again. And their coach, the coach is absolutely fantastic. Vrabel. Love Vrabel, it's escaping. yeah. Vrabel, yeah. You know, yeah. Patriot guy. And what they do, Matt, is they follow that old school football philosophy. As you said, everybody wants the sexy quarterback. Everyone wants Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants the sexy receiver. Everybody wants Odell Beckham Jr. 
But, you know, that old style of football still works with the you, you build it from the trenches on both lines. You have that game manager quarterback and you have that, you know, beast running back thing. Just lower his shoulder and just get five yards every carry. That's what made the Jets and Mark Sanchez so successful for those two years because, you know, they just ran it right up the middle the entire time. 100%. And when Sanchez needed to make the throw, they, he made the throw. Mm-hmm. So you don't. You don't need, you know, that, you know, sexy quarterback. You don't need that, you know, generational talent to be successful in this league. It's more mm-hmm. of a system-based league. And if you have a good system and you have a good coach, you'll, you'll get the job done. And, and to build it off, I, the, the system thing, again, everybody knocks everybody for, oh, he's a system quarterback. You look at Joe Burrow's run in, the college, in, in college in LSU. His junior year, not very good. Going into his senior year, he was projected like a sixth, seventh-round quarterback. Then he was put into a good system that suited him, and now now he's the first overall pick in $36 million. You look at Tom Brady. Oh, he's a system quarterback. Well, maybe he is the system. Maybe he does all these things super well. He throws the ball really well. He's super smart where he could change up the change up the looks and, and audible and everything like that. It's just – I honestly think that the term, oh, he's a system quarterback, is kind of uh, – it's just, it's just kind of lazy because I think every yeah. team has a system. And then it, it, that's just kind of how it is. It, he can't fault – like Tom Brady cannot fault himself or Joe Burrow cannot fault themselves for being in a good system. And it's, it's, we shouldn't knock a quarterback for being successful in the system that they were brought into. Yeah, and you can't really say – and we, we kind of fall into that trap all the time. I'm sure I do it. I'm sure you do it as well. When you say system mm-hmm. quarterback, you almost like say that as like an insult. But it shouldn't yeah, be. No, it's 100%. It, it's, we, we, people use it, and again – Every time we talk to our friends and stuff like that, it's like, oh, he's a system guy. He stinks. He's a system yeah. guy. He stinks. Jimmy G is a system guy. He stinks. Well, Jimmy G is – he made it to the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't care if you're a system guy. You win me a Super Bowl, you could throw the ball twice a game. I don't care. Call yeah. him a system guy all you want. You get a ring on your finger. That's what matters. Yeah. How many times we've seen Brady over the last two decades when he goes back to pass and he throws the ball, it's like a little eight, six, yard, six to eight-yard check down to a wide receiver that doesn't have a defender within 20 yards of him. I mean, and then, And then – it, it, it's one of those things that's like, well, what if, what if, again, this is stuff we don't know. What if he audible a certain guy on a hot route that he knew the defense, he read the defense, he knew where the soft spot was going to be. Mm-hmm. But, but we, we, again, we only look for the big arm, the, the six yeah. foot six, mm-hmm. the, the, the massive, the speed, everything, the Josh Allen's, the, the Joe Flacco's who, mm-hmm. again, every team has been hurt by even Nick Foles. Like they looked apart, the but what are they actually doing? Yeah. Uh, you you want to everybody wants that quarterback that can throw you know the Aaron Rodgers sixty five yard of bomb. course yeah everybody and wants awesome. the guy that can throw the ball on the run a thousand miles per hour through a small window to their receiver yeah. but you know you you want to get the guy also that gets the job done and you want to get the guy that doesn't turn the ball over and that's the most important 100%. thing from the quarterback position and and that's and that's the biggest thing not even the quarterback position but just football in general if you win the turnover margin. You're going to win games. That's probably like the number one stat that directly correlates to winning games. It's like, are, do you have a positive turnover margin? Yes, then you're good to go. Then if you, if you turn the ball over more than you're producing turnovers on defense, then odds are you're not going to be a good team. It honestly could be as simple as that. And that's something to keep an eye on as the season progresses when we want to say, oh, well, this quarterback stunk because of this and this team stunk because of this. Let's look at the turnover margin. Then we'll say, hey, maybe, maybe this is a good stat to, to look at. So the umbrella of this conversation that we've had for the first 20 minutes has been the, you know, the opening night, Chiefs and Texans. Um, it, it's funny. I don't know if you know. You probably know this, but, like, DraftKings is doing this. You win unless the Chiefs win by, or lose by 100 points. Yeah. Now, they're, not gonna lo- they're obviously not going to lose by 100 points, so yeah. you should probably take, that, take those odds. <laughs> yeah. But 
other than a Chiefs win, which is kind of what we all expect at this point, what are you looking for in terms of, I guess, quality of football t- tonight with the Chiefs in Texas? Because remember, as we said to kick off the show, no preseason, very little training camp, very little time for receivers and quarterbacks to get their timing down. Are you concerned for tonight and kind of the first three weeks of the NFL season of not getting the best quality of football, kind of getting a sloppy brand of football throughout the league? So, yeah, great question. So I think, again, specifically for tonight, you're going to see the Texans struggling a little bit. I have a feeling, again, just a little feeling that you're going to see Watson just scrambling around a lot, not knowing what to do with the ball, a lot of sacks, a lot of hits, and the, and the Chiefs are just going to be slicing and dicing the whole field, all the whole game. That's how I, I predict it to be. And kind of same thing, I, I suspect that if you have, again, with the, the young quarterbacks or, say, even the young offensive line, they got to communicate and know, all right, how am I going to block Aaron Donald? And if I don't know how to do that and I miscommunicate, someone might get killed on the field. It might be in the quarterback position. So it's going to be, I definitely think, the first three, four weeks, it might be a little oh shit moments for a lot of these young guys, especially these rookies that are going to kind of be thrown into the fire at positions where, hey, they need to know everything that's going on. I think what you're going to see over the first four or five weeks of the season, Matt, is not only, you know, timing between receivers and quarterbacks not really there receivers Mm -hmm. not running clean routes um not running the right routes you're going to see those but what i really do think you're going to see is a lot of technical mistakes holding penalty delay of game penalties too many men on the field penalties because those are a lot of things that they button up so well during training camp and during practices during the week that you, you don't even notice it from the naked eye as a fan and that are very complicated things. Who's coming in, who's coming out, the audibles, the, what you say in the huddle, the, the snap count on one, on two, on three, silent the snap ch- count. The challenges from coaches. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be very sloppy. And I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, starts and stops. I think you're going to see a lot of long football games in terms of the duration throughout the day. I, I would hundred percent agree there. So let's talk about the second big story of the NFL. We talked about the Chiefs and their, you know, attempt to repeat for the first time since the Brady Patriots. And now Brady is not on the Patriots anymore. So let's segue into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New England Patriots. Obviously the Buccaneers, you know, that's their, everybody's favorite Buccaneer. Everyone's favorite team is the Buccaneers now. And Tom Brady's yeah. jersey, Tom Brady and Rom Gronkowski's Tampa jerseys are just flying off the charts. I think they're both in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, your, what, are your, what are your true expectations of this Buccaneers team? Do you think they could overtake the New Orleans Saints? Because, you know, Drew Brees is still there, and this is going to be the last rodeo for him, his quote-unquote farewell tour with the Saints. Do you think they have the talent to overthrow or to dethrone the Saints in that division? I, I think yes. And, again, obviously the, the, the old saying is defense wins championships, and the Saints defense definitely has the edge on the Bucs, but shouldn't sleep on the Bucs because they shoot up the middle – you have Shaq Barrett coming off of uh, league-leading sacks. The only kind of position of need, I would say, would maybe be cornerback and safety that they might get beat a little bit. But offensively, I mean, the amount of points I'm expecting them to average is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronk, and you got Brady, mm-hmm. obviously, Fournette. You got all these guys, and you got Arians, who he's an offensive guy. So I, I think you're going to really see all, all the Brady haters. And I know people will say I should be one because I'm a Dolphin fan, but uh, I'm a big fan of just respecting game. And, and he's, he's got it. Tom Brady has got game, and there's no, no doubt about it. And I th- still think at his age of, what, like 43? 44, he's gonna prove 45. That, yeah, 
he's not a, a system guy per se. He's going to come in. I think he's going to ball out. And then every Brady hater is going to be like, well, damn, I, I, now I got to eat this pretty much. Yeah, and the offensive talent that they have there, if the Buccaneers can click as, as quickly as possible, they're going to be very, very dangerous. Because as they said, they have Brady, Gronkowski, Evans, O.J. Howard. They have a very good coach in Bruce Arians. Th- that Saints team isn't something that should be overlooked, though. I mean, they had a mm-hmm. – they. Drew Brees always comes up and he always shows up and he always plays the last two years. They've had their hearts absolutely broken. Remember the yeah. NFC championship two years ago, they had that terrible call on that pass interference. And then they mm-hmm. lost, I think in overtime or in a last second play to the Vikings last year. This the, is the Minnesota you know, Drew, miracle there. Th- yeah. This is Drew Brees's last rodeo. And you know, he only has that one Super Bowl. You can say he should have more. You can say the same thing about guys like Aaron Rodgers. That Saints team is also very good, and they're so dangerous in that dome, even if there's not going to be, you know, the 70,000, 80,000 fans. Yeah, I think, again, you talk about good leaders and you talk about just great players. I mean, Drew Brees, is, he's that. Again, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean. We, we talk about he's not the sexy quarterback who runs a 4-5 and he's not six foot six or have a cannon, but he gets the job done. And he gets the job done every single day of practice, every night when he's playing, and, and it's, it's awesome to see. And – it's definitely one of those things where, hey, this is it for him. So he's going to empty the tank and give it every single thing he has to his team, to the city of New Orleans. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And kind of just building off that, you're going to see a lot of changing of the guard in, in with kind of the NFC there. I mean, you have yeah. Rodgers is, again, he's awesome, but who is he going to be in three or four years? So that's yeah. obviously and they, they got Jordan Love for a reason. Something, they know I mean. something we don't know. And again, you got Breeze. This is it after. Is Jameis the guy after him? Who knows? You got Big Ben. He's like, he's on his last year of his deal, too. You got, trying to even, yeah, again, same thing with Brady. Like, again, he's, even though he's Mr. Uh, Mr. Incredible over here and just doesn't, doesn't age, but he, he's definitely on the back end of his career. And you're going to see a lot of guys that we grew up watching and fantasizing over having on our team, they're going to be gone. So who is really going to kind of step up and be those guys? And besides the Mahomes, who we already know is the face of the NFL. Yeah, and we got Mahomes, you got, you know, Watson, you got Jackson. Those are all in the AFC. You got a Baker Mayfield in the AFC. You got now Joe Burrow in the AFC. You know, Mm -hmm. the NFC, I'm trying to think about it. You still got Russell Wilson. You still got, you know, you got – I don't don't like Prescott. I don't like his game. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Giants fan. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, Jones, you know, calm calm down with the fumbles a little bit, and I'll be a little bit happier. But who's that – yeah, who's that guy? Who's that NFC quarterback? Who's of the future? I, I'm again. I'm struggling to to really think about it because I, I really don't know. It's going to be interesting, and and, and again, you, it might be if say the Chicago Bears end up with the number one pick, it might be Trevor Lawrence for years to come. Yeah, and hopefully for for your Giants that you don't want to see him in the NFC I don't want every to see year. Him. I'm still very yeah. upset that um you know. Daniel Jones decided to like throw like five touchdowns against the Redskins in week 16. And that, you know, I don't get chase young now. And now he goes to the Redskins, but we'll, we'll get to the giants and the dolphins. Yeah, a yeah, bit we'll get I want to, I want to kind of finish up our conversation about the, the NFC South with, you know, Brady and, and breeze. Uh, the other, the other teams in that division, they're, they're trying to figure it out. The Panthers, they have Matt rule coming in as the head coach. Their quarterback is going to be Teddy Bridgewater, who they got from uh, new Orleans and then Atlanta, it's a sad story what happened to there's, Atlanta over the last There's another years. changing of the guard with Matt Ryan, yeah. possibly. There's another guy. 
they blew that 28 to three lead and the franchise in general has never been the same. Yeah. I, I mean, again, you couldn't have said any better. I mean, you look at the struggles with, with Julio Jones in the red zone, not even him personally, but just, they don't throw him the ball. And again, Dan Quinn's been on the hot seat for God knows how many years. And they started off what, like Owen seven this year. And then they had a miraculous win against the saints on the road. And that basically won them the job. And now they're all right, we're going to, we're going to keep playing. We're, we're not going to rebuild. We're going to keep spending money, keep doing this. And then you get a guy like, like Todd Gurley, it's like, well, like kind of wild in a sense. It's like, what, what is kind of, what is he doing for you? And like, that's, that's your big signing after kind of being stuck in the middle per se for, for in, in football terms. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And again, I, I don't see how the Buccaneers don't win that division. Again, I think the saints are going to put up a very, very uh, great effort there. But I think just it's going to be too much offense for any team to handle, at least in the in that division. Well, luckily for the Saints or whoever doesn't win that division, it's a expanded playoffs this year. They had a, they had yeah. that extra wild card, so mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of there's a lot of teams that normally wouldn't be in it week 14, 15, 16, 17 that are going to be like, hey, if the ball bounces the right way, we can find ourselves in. That's where I'm 100%. crossing my fingers with the Giants. I'm sure you are too. I'm, with, yeah, the I'm Dolphins, with you there. But you know the Dolph- the Dolphins can the Dolphins can surprise people if the Patriots you know take that step back. But before we get into the AFC East, one more little button up with Brady. You know we the Max Kellerman video comes up on Twitter seemingly every year. Um, he he goes on first take and he's like Brady, Brady's going to be a bum in short order. You know, mm-hmm. fast forward five years, he's not. Um, I think this guy's. I think Brady is just a psychopath. When, when is this going to end? And that, I, I, I've been hoping it's been yeah, going right? to end for the last five years. I know Garrett a few years here would be saying the same thing. And every single year, it just doesn't end. It mm. literally just does does not end. Again, you even look at you look at last year. Offensively, they weren't the best, but then they have a, a historically good defense. Yeah, They're putting up insane amount of points and touchdowns and sacks and turnovers. That's what I mean. You talk about the turnover differential. Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, he'll, he'll get you 16 to 20 points a game on his own. And the defense did an insane job just keeping every team on, under that. And, again, that's it. you really look at the recipe there, and, and it's just something that I'm really seeing is that you, you need the defense. You need the defense. You need the trenches, like you said, and you need that offensive line. And, and with the offensive line, you see Brady has a, definitely a pretty good one again. I mean, they drafted Tristan Wirfs in the, in the first round. I'm sure Brady probably handed him that selection himself, get him some protection there. And then it just, it's going to be really interesting to see. And it's terrible to say, but unless there's some catastrophic injury, what is stopping this guy? Yeah. And I think what's really going to help him for the first time since really, you know, Randy Moss, he's had someone to throw to. Everybody talks last year, and I'm glad we're on the same page where we don't believe in this, where, you know, last year, oh, is this the end of Tom Brady? He didn't have that great of an offensive season. Who did he have to throw the ball to? Who did he have to hand the ball off to? I mean, I feel like Robert Kraft kind of was like, Brady, just figure it out. Belichick was like, hey, Brady, you know, figure it out. Now he goes down to Tampa. Gronk comes out of retirement. He has O.J. Howard. He has Mike Evans. I think this could be more of a resurgence for Brady, if you can even imagine a resurgence at 40 I mean. for a guy it's- that's still fantastic. And, you know, he could put up MVP numbers with, with the team that he has. It, it, it just, it's so crazy to think about, like you said, a resurgence after the age of 40 in, in a sport like football, mm-hmm. like that, that just, it just doesn't happen. But again, it's, you just, you surround him with not just good guys, but great guys at the wide receiver position. Instead, you look at, again, you got Godwin, you got Mike Evans, you got Gronk. Last year they had Sanu, 
Edelman and you had Nikhil Harry sparingly because he was hurt. So you, mm-hmm. the, the two don't even compare. And it's yeah. absolutely crazy. Like you said, it's almost like Bob Kraft did him a disservice. And, and I, honestly, I, I, I feel like they w- kind of pushed him out the door. And like, like Bob Kraft allegedly said that if he wanted to be a Patriot, they would have made him a Patriot. But I don't think that's true. I think they were ready for a new fresh start. Brady was definitely ready for a fresh start. And now he's got the freshest start you could possibly ask for. I wish, I hope one day, and I'm sure it's going to happen. You know, we saw the last dance over, uh, you know, back in May when we were all shut down and not allowed to go outside. Mm. I would love, love a Brady-Belichick kind of last dance type documentary to see all the behind the scenes shit that went on during those 20 years. And especially at the end, I feel like, Brady knew like midway point last regular season that he was done there. So again, it's just like, you just watched him when he was on the field. It was, it just looked almost uninspiring. And again, obviously Belichick doesn't show many emotions, Mm -hmm. but it just, it it just, it looked like something was off. Like just, there was a little, a little tick in that relationship there with, with him, with McDaniels, just with, with everybody. And you, you saw it kind of, kind of break apart when, allegedly Brady was like, get Jimmy G out of here. And he was supposed to be the heir to him. So mm-hmm. then they shipped him off. And apparently that caused a little rift. However, how true that is, I don't know. But you definitely saw that Brady didn't want to give up his spot. And then it basically turned into, all right, well, we're not going to, I guess, invest per se in the year at hand. And he's like, all right, well, now I'm gone. And then now they're both kind of starting fresh. And the Patriots got Cam Newton. And then now Brady's in, in sunny Tampa Bay right now. And it's hard to make anything work after 20 years because you know what, who pushes, you know how to push the other person's buttons after 20 years, whether it's, you know, player coach, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your friendship with people after so many years knowing each other, it's, it's easy to, you know, fall into like a pattern. It's easy to not be inspired. And you just had that feeling over the last couple of regular seasons that that was happening with Brady and Belichick. So now Brady goes to Tampa Bay and Belichick stays in New England, and we're going to shift our attention to the AFC East now. I know you said when we first kicked things off on this episode that you're not going to forget who won the division last year. You're not going to forget that this is still the Patriots division until somebody takes it from them. With that said, realistically, can the Patriots still win this division with, with you know, Josh Allen and the Bills coming, with you know, the Dolphins having a solid young team, with Tua just waiting in the wings to come through, the Jets, if they ever figure their shit out, because I personally really like Sam Darnold as a quarterback. I don't like Adam Gates. I know you don't like him either. We'll get into that That's in a second. True. But what, what do, you, do you believe in Cam Newton? Do you believe in Jared Stidham to really keep the AFC East in Foxborough? So – with Cam Newton, and it's basically just the quarterback position. He, he's a guy who, again, former MVP, former Heisman. He was that sexy quarterback that everyone wanted. And to some extent, he still is. But what I see, and again, I haven't seen him throw a ball in a while. He's been hurt, shoulder, and obviously look, kind of uh, throw back to Drew Brees a little bit. You don't really know what you're getting. And I see a quarterback that used to have a strong arm that you don't really have that as much anymore. I see a, a mobile quarterback who doesn't want to run and get hit. So it, it kind of – he, he's, I think, again, I think he's a shell of himself. I have a feeling I'm probably going to be eating my words in, mm-hmm. on come Sunday. But I just don't think he, – he's not the Cam Newton of old. And yeah. to expect Jared Sidham to step up I think is mm-hmm. absurd. And honestly, Brian Hoyer at some point could be the starting quarterback for them. And, and that's without injury. I agree I 100%. Easily see. I could yeah. easily see that. 
And, you know, Cam Newton, it's not like he just fell off a cliff last year. You know, it's been a solid regression since Super Bowl 50, you know, yeah. when they got shut down by Von Miller and the Denver defense. I remember specifically in that Super Bowl, you know, that fumble that Cam that he Newton, didn't go after? Really, he, he didn't jump on it. And, you know, it's the Super Bowl. You, it's the Super Bowl. You got to jump on it. Um, Can't teach that. I'm going to go Colin Coward on you for a second about Cam Newton. You know, Colin Coward, you know, he hates Baker Mayfield and he always goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'm the oh, same yeah. way with Cam Newton. I feel like, you know, he likes his brand more than he likes the game of football. I don't think that flies with Bill Belichick. And I think that's going to clash one way or the other. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the reports you're seeing is that right now, apparently they have a great relationship. So of again, course like, they do. It's been three weeks. That, that That's what I mean. So I think you're, you're going to see, and obviously they haven't won or lost a game. So again, once you start losing, Nobody's mm-hmm. having fun. You yeah. want to point fingers. And Belichick, obviously, he's not one to kind of mess with. He'll sit your ass in two seconds or he'll, he'll ship you out the door. He does not care at all. And I just – I don't know if Cam Newton is the guy. Again, they seem to be meshing well. He, I just don't think he's going to be the guy to kind of bring them to the playoffs. However, I will never doubt Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Again, I might doubt Cam Newton, but I will never, never doubt Bill Belichick until he's no longer coaching. He just – has everything you could possibly want. You think you're playing one game, he's playing another. You always yeah. see him writing in his notepad. Halftime, they're two different teams every time they come out. They just make adjustments that no other coaches really make. Yeah, and, he and plays chess just, when everyone else plays checkers. That's what he did. It, it's him to a T. Uh-huh. And you know what I think? I think, you know, we talked about Brady being inspired about his new situation in Tampa. Bill Belichick, he has to be very, very inspired to make this work without him because his legacy – is on the line because you think prior to new England, you know, he had those Super Bowl runs as a coordinator for the giants, but he failed as a head coach when he was with Cleveland that one year in the nineties. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's going to talk if Brady plays well and the Patriots stumble Brady made Belichick and you know, Bill Belichick does not want to hear that. So he's going to have every intention to make sure the narrative is Belichick first, Brady second. So he's going to try yeah. to make it work with whether it be Stidham and Newton or Hoyer, whoever it is, he, he's going he's gonna to probably try harder than he has in you know, quite some time to make things work in New England. And that's a scary Bill Belichick to mm-hmm. try to game plan against. So, you know, we talk about the Patriots. They obviously lost to Tennessee um, in the – in the wildcard game, another AFC East team that lost in the wildcard game last year, heartbreakingly, was the Bills. Um, the Bills, you know, have been terrible for, like, what, the entire t- t- 21st century? Finally, they've, just been, they've just been in the middle. They haven't they, – not really good, not bad, yeah. just in the middle. And, and that sucks because you'd rather be terrible or very, very good because you, that middle draft slot, you know, it's a whole That's thing. A- that's a whole show to get into. But you got, the, you got the quarterback. You got Josh Allen. You got your pieces around him. The Bills should win this division. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, they have the defense you need. The defense is very, very good. You got Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer back there playing safeties. You got Tredavious White, who is a very, very probably top five cornerback. Again, you have you have the, the line to enforce the pressure and stop the run. The offensive line is still good. You get Stefan Diggs, so you have that nice big target. Not, uh, was it, Kelvin Benjamin they got years back hoping to be the guy. But it's it's I don't want to be that guy, but I like Josh Allen is not the guy again. Really, we we talk about like again you talk about Tannehill, you talk about Garoppolo. Like, can he make the easy throw or not even easy throw? But can he make those maybe five to ten, maybe even five to eight, kind of pinpoint drop a dime throws? And I don't think he can. 
But mm-hmm. does he make up for it with his feet? 100%. But that's what I mean. You put him up against a, a team like the Patriots who, or even, again, you saw a team like the Texans. You game plan around it. You kind of keep him in the pocket. And, again, I've seen him overthrow guys probably by 30 yards. Yeah. And again, yeah, he's getting better, and of course, and, and that's what I mean. He's the, the prototype that everybody wants. He runs. He's super tall. He's got a cannon of an arm. But can you hit a guy, a guy in stride? And again, I'm I'm not really the biggest Josh Allen fan. There's a lot of other quarterbacks, like you said, Sam Darnold. I'd definitely rather have over him. So I think the success is going to be going through him. And if this team fails, it's going to be directly because of him and not really anyone else. And I feel like the Bills and Jets are kind of on the same page in terms of the quarterback. I like both Allen and Darnold, but I agree with mm-hmm. what you said about, you know, Allen and, you know, he, he overthrows his receivers. Not really the most accurate guy, but, you know, he has that prototype. Another guy that has that prototype is Sam Darnold. The problem with Sam Darnold is that his roster is terrible. Like he has nothing. He has Le'Veon Bell behind him. If Le'Veon Bell is even happy with the Jets at this point, you know, there's, you know, rumors back and forth that Le'Veon Bell wants out. We heard it all summer. And, you know, Jamal Adams shipped himself off the door. You know this better than anybody. Is Adam Gase just this cancer? So death, taxes, and Adam Gase running his best players out of town. Okay. Those three things are certain in life. Again, I've seen it so many times. And that's why when I saw Adam Gase got the job with the Jets, I was like, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, God. You I thought they were getting McCarthy. I, that, they, anybody would have been better. Again, Adam Gase as a head coach, he is a bigger diva than any WWE diva superstar there's ever been. It's, it, it is absolutely absurd. He's basically like a child. He wants, he he claims to want these alpha males, but if you have a bigger personality than him, or if you're a bigger alpha alpha male than him, he's like, I'm not, I'm going to ship you off. Jarvis Landry, gone. Kenyon Drake, gone. Jamal Adams, gone. Le'Veon Bell, basically wanted gone. So you get to a point, who who do you want? I I really don't know. J.H.I., gone. The list goes on and on. Mike Pound, it's it's ridiculous. There's too many guys. And he's, again, not Sam Darnold, because I think he is a good quarterback that, Again, definitely needs some help. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely needs some help. But Adam Gase is going to be the reason this team loses. And that might be obvious to say because he's a coach, but I think just, just him as a coach, and not even the X's and O's, but just as a leader. He, he is not a leader of men. And mm-hmm. you see that. And no one wants to follow that guy to, to the promised land. I'll follow Bill Belichick. I'll follow Andy Reid. I'll definitely follow uh, Brian Flores anywhere they want me to go. And I'm sure the same with you and Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. Love he's me some Joe Judge. We'll get to that. That's what I mean. So Adam Gase is not that guy. And, and the whole organization baffles me because I remember back in April's draft, they drafted an offensive lineman, first, first round pick. Yeah, and of Beckham. course, that's fine. Everybody could use another, you know, 100%. premier offensive line talent. But when you let Robbie Anderson go and oh, you really yeah. have no receiver and in a draft class that is just packed with superstar receiver talent, to not get a receiver on, off the board first round, baffles me yeah it's it, it's one of those things where again a lot of those those good receivers they kind of came late like jefferson Ragor, they were kind of back into the first round one of the things are hey why not try to trade into the first round or you sat you sack up and you, you pay robbie anderson the 10 million dollars he wanted yeah and, and you, you get him back but yeah. now now you have again denzel mims i think is going to be a good player like I said before, the wide receivers have a very tough time, obviously, besides quarterback, learning the system and learning where they need to go. So it kind of t- – it's not going to be his year, year one. Yeah. But, I, I, again, it's like who, who else uh, – Perryman, he's fast. That's nice. But he was, what, option number three with the Buccaneers? Yeah. 
and they're expecting him to be the guy. Quincy Numa, he's done. I think he is, he's too hurt or everything like yeah, that. Yeah, he's he hurt gets hurt every year. And it, it, it's it, it's tough because it's like you look at Darnold, you're like, get this man some help. And it's like finally they got the yeah, you got back in, which is again, I think that's awesome. But like you said, like would it have made more sense to maybe get a guy like Conklin? Because a lot of like the linemen they kind of picked up weren't really those premier offensive linemen. They were more like that second tier kind of like low risk, high reward guys, which again, if it works out, that's awesome. But maybe invest a little money in that offensive line and then you get a guy like Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb who could possibly Yeah, those were trans- all sitting there. I mean, CeeDee Lamb fell all the way to the trans- Cowboys. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You, you get those guys, and then now you have that that crazy connection. You got Darnold to Judy, Darnold to Ruggs, Darnold to Lamb. Like, that's what is going to – you're going to sell hope to fans, and you're going to get this offense exciting. Because right now, I, I just don't – I don't see really – nothing really jumps off the page. And, like, like who, basically, who are you game planning for in that, in yeah. that team? No, I don't not. know from a wide, Le'Veon from wide Bell. receiver. That's it. And you could stack the line receivers. for Le'Veon Bell, and then he's you take him out of the game. It's not hard to take a running back out of the game when there's no receivers to keep you honest as a defense. I'm 100 percent with you. 100 yeah. percent. And I was and I you know, would I would have been fine with them taking Becton and the offensive line first round if you kept Anderson. They had such good chemistry. Yes. 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 yes, yes. And you didn't need to. You, you really didn't need to get that superstar wide receiver because how many times has that worked? The Giants did it with Odell. didn't work. They shipped him off. It very yeah. rarely works with the, you know, top-tier wide receivers because, you know, they're divas and that happens. But if you keep yeah. an Anderson, a solid receiver, who has speed and can, beat, and can beat you over the top, that would be fine to take the, the offensive lineman. But you regressed at the receiver, which was already your weakness, and then you don't address it until the second round. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah, again, and it's like, and if Mims comes out, you're basically expecting him to be your number one, mm-hmm. unless unless that's hard. I mean, for, that's hard that's, on a second round guy. Yeah, that that's that's very, very tough to kind of put him in that in that situation. Again, like you said, you keep Robbie Anderson for ten million dollars. Who who's complaining? Nobody. Yeah. Not not. I don't think any Jets fan would be complaining about that. It wasn't like he got some crazy absurd contract. Nothing like Julio Jones is getting. So why not? But that's 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 for them to kind of. I mean, you look across the street, or you know, who their roommates, I guess, at MetLife Stadium. Look at the Giants. Their number one Shepard, who they got in the second round. I like Shepard a lot. Is he a number one? No. No. Is Daniel Jones going to probably suffer from that? Probably, probably. But you know, we'll get to the Giants a little bit later. We're going to round out the AFC East with your Dolphins, and I know you've been waiting to get to this. Yeah. You know, I, I think we battled about this. You know, when Tua got drafted. Which, by the way, you know, my, one of my favorite things in the world was you and your brother's reaction on Instagram <laughs> Live when they drafted two. I think that was yeah. the funniest thing. Um, when do you want to see him? I know Fitz is going to start the season, which I, you know, I, I agree with, with the fact that there's no preseason and there was no training camp. If it was under normal circumstances, I would have liked to see Tua right away. I think you disagree with me. But at what point do you want to see Tua? Do you have a week in mind? Do you have kind of like, if the Dolphins fall out of it, then I want to see him? What what is your thought process on this Tua thing? Because they need to get this right. So, uh, 100% do they need to get it right. They haven't made – they haven't won a playoff game in, like, 20 years. But the way I, I see Tua and that this kind of situation is I, I like my barbecue and I like my meat slow-cooked. Let's keep mm, keep okay. it keep it in the, okay. in the smoker for a while. You like to smoke it, yeah. Yeah, keep, keep it in. Let, let, let it, let it marinate. You can't microwave. You can't microwave yes. ribs. You can't microwave a brisket. And I'm not throwing it right, right in some flames. That's that's yeah. for damn sure. And so basically, what I mean is, I want to see, I want to see all the magic that Fitz has to offer. Because people and the, people, myself included, even early on, 
he won them those five games. Nobody else. You saw the game he came into against to relieve Rosen of his job, and that that was his last last outing with with the Dolphins. Came in against the Redskins, and then they came back for like fourteen unanswered points, and then obviously they fell up short. But you beat the Jets, you beat the Colts on the road the next week, you beat the Patriots, you beat the the former Super Bowl champ Eagles, you beat the Bengals. Obviously, that's not really uh, impressive, but you you put up thirty four points. He single handedly. First of all, Devontae Parker should be thanking him. Everybody on that offense should be thanking him because he got Parker paid, basically. He's winning them these games. And I don't see why with uh, an improved offensive line, you have four brand-new offensive linemen compared to last year and about $240 million invested into this team, Mm -hmm. why they can't eventually be successful. But going back to Tua, if anything, I see, all right, unless Fitzpatrick is the only reason – that they're losing games, then maybe you make the switch. I'd still rather wait for him to maybe come in, say, November, the earliest, because give that that hip, again, terrible injury, give it a year. Just give me a year, whatever it is, and then just, now you know you're ready to go. Obviously, he's, he's full systems go right now because he's QB2. So mm-hmm. there's no one behind him, and he's got Fitz in front of him. So Fitz, say you can test positive for COVID, two is your guy. But if anything, I could see kind of – if they become out of the race, whatever, even though it's probably not going to be for a while, if they do come out of the race, hopefully, maybe you see two a week 13 uh, against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I see a little, little just first two quarterbacks off the board. And I think that be might be – I think pretty sure that that game might be on national television too. I think that might be the first time you see him, barring any injury. But I, I'm still kind of buying into into the magic with Fitzmagic. So you're you're okay with Fitzpatrick, especially if the Dolphins are competing week 16, 15, 16, 17. You're good with Tua not playing this entire season if, you know, Fitz is doing his thing and they're competing for that last wild card. Are you okay with that? Or would you rather, I'm, you know, kind of not punt the playoffs, but, you know, realize you're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. you know, kind of like how the, the Giants did with Eli back in the day. They had Kurt Warner. The Giants were in contention. Mm-hmm but they threw Eli Manning in anyway because they thought he was ready regardless of whether or not they were winning with Kurt Warner. So if they're in the playoff hunt, you know, by Thanksgiving, do you think Fitz rides it out the rest of the way? Or do you think Tua is a shoe in to play November, December? I think Fitz is going to be, he's going to be the guy for probably the whole season. Unless again, something that we don't see. And that's the whole Mahomes situation is he was again, when Alex Smith was quarterback, he was tearing it up in practice. Yeah, tearing it up. So uh, if I start seeing those reports that two is just dropping dimes left and right and tearing up the the first first defense in practice, then maybe I'll, I'll consider maybe him coming out a little earlier. But uh, until I hear that, I, I don't want to just kind of throw him into the fire because like yeah, it's obviously he'll learn. Because but I don't want to see it be a situation where oh well you can't get any worse because that's that's no way to really kind of build a quarterback in my eyes. Cause again, you see Rogers, he, he waited, you, you see Mahomes, he waited and again. And I know there's a lot of guys who are successful that didn't wait, mm-hmm. but it's just, again, you have four new linemen, two or three of them are probably going to be rookies. I'd, I'd like to see if maybe they, they hold up and maybe they could block somebody because you don't want to throw them in really, especially early on. And then it's like, all right, now they're, they're playing say the Rams and Aaron Donald. Uh, we, we're, we're just going to get destroyed the whole game. It's like that no one's getting better in that situation. Again, I still think Fitz, he's a great, great turnover kind of guy. Awesome leader. The guys still gravitate towards. So it's also, you run into a situation where it's still his locker room. So you, you don't want to kind of chop the legs off the house right there or chop the, the foundation off. If 
people aren't really buying into another quarterback yet. I'm not saying two is not going to be the guy because he, he's going to be the guy. But yeah. either way, it doesn't matter. But it still fits his locker room. It still fits his team. And Coach Flores obviously still loves fit. So it's going to be him, I think, week one to 17 and hopefully, hopefully in the playoffs. Now, what you don't want with Tua, and I think you're kind of like going on this track, you don't want like a Dwayne Haskins situation where he's not ready and the team's also not ready for him as well. Because, you know, Haskins came in, you know, that one game against the Giants and then throughout the rest of the season, he didn't, he didn't look good at all. Like, no, so I, you I, need I, to make sure he, two is ready to play and you need to be, make sure that the team is ready for Tua to play. So it's a, it's a, it's a tango for two people. And also, again, we talked about early on in the show that there's no rookie mini camp. There's no mm-hmm. OTAs. Tua has legit had 20 probably practices. And the first probably five, six of them were no pads. This guy needs to, to see some live. He hasn't thrown a ball in a meaningful game since November. So it's like, again, everybody, oh, he's injury prone, he's injury prone, blah, blah, blah. Just give it some time. You, you sacrifice, what, the one year? And then you hopefully kind of uh, trampoline effect, throw him into the fire next year, and then now you're ready to go. But you, you see what develops because you don't want to have, again, like you said, that rookie offensive line just was letting guys go. Cannot have that. Again, it's like – and I think to his hips, he's surgically repaired. I think he's good to go. Obviously, he gets hurt. I'll eat it. So what? But I'd rather uh, kind of – I'd rather take a chance on a guy who is very good at what he does. Again, I don't know about the NFL level. We'll see. Instead of a guy who – and pretty much choke on mediocrity like you saw with the Cardinals and Josh Rosen. You saw with the Dolphins mm-hmm. on Josh Rosen. We Everyone yeah. knew they weren't the guy. Mm-hmm. So – I kind of – I lost my train of thought. Forgive me. Okay, I got it back. Um, the quarterbacks aside, Fitz, Tua, as a Dolphins fan, realistically, your expectations in terms of a win total, in terms of playoff chances, what do you, what do you got for your Dolphins this year? So, put this way, they, they won five games last year, which I think they overachieved. They probably more of a three-win team. You were hoping they would go 0-16. I remember that throughout the whole year. You again, had a Snapchat thing going on. Paying Tank for, for Tua, Tua. Every, every single day. But luckily, we won five games. We still got our guy who they, they knew they wanted. But I would see 8-8 eight and eight being a, a good season, just result-based. However, when you really look at it, and this is something that Dolphins fans, at least definitely myself, and I honestly think maybe Giants fans a little bit too, is you, we have to raise our standards. We yeah. 100% have to raise our standards. No more like, oh, well, it's okay if we go 6-10. and 10. It's okay if we, we do this. It's okay if we Can't do that, do that anymore. Granted, last year, again, for the Dolphins, it, we were in a full-blown rebuild, and I think the Giants are obviously a year ahead of us. And, again, am I expecting the Dolphins to go 13-3? No. But with a Brady-less Patriots and uh, a Josh Allen, who I don't think could hit the red side of a barn, why couldn't you And the out-of-gaze Jets. And that's what I mean. So, so why couldn't you at least compete for the division yeah. and get that steal that seventh spot? Or at least just be just be fighting for it come week 17. That's it. I want to play some meaningful games come December. That's it. And, and I think it's same thing with, with the Giants is that, oh, well, we had a rookie quarterback. Oh, well, we had this. We had this. Well, all right. It's one thing to have the rookie quarterback, but there's no excuse to say kind of ha- be shitty everywhere else. Yeah. And then we, we have to basically say it's not okay to be okay anymore. Again, we're investing so much time and effort and we're buying jerseys and then we're pu- paying for tickets and everything like that. And they're putting that, that product on the field. So I think we need to raise our standards of certain guys, and at least definitely with the Dolphins. And I think definitely with the Jets too, especially. I know Garrett, he's not here to say it, but he hasn't been like, a, a, oh, we're going to make the playoffs kind of guy. He's been more of a, well, like we're still not there yet. You're not yeah. there yet. It's like you're, you're in what, year four of Darnold? Mm-hmm. So what, when, 
what, what, exactly. Yeah, maybe you're through. When, when are you going to be there? Because mm-hmm. the way it works out nowadays, I don't want to have to eventually pay my quarterback $50 million and eat up 25% of my cap space. The time to, to win is when you don't have to pay those guys who are going to demand a lot of money early on. You, you, you build that team on that rookie contract. You got five years to work with if they're a first rounder. And that, that's the, really the formula for success you're seeing with obviously the, uh, the Ravens with you saw it with Seattle with uh, Russell Wilson and you're seeing it with Patty Mahomes. Obviously now they're paying him, but you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I think you need to adopt that, you know, why not us kind of attitude. I mean, you got that extra yeah. wild card, you know, Brady's gone. Um, you know, it's, it is up for grabs and it might be one of those yeah. divisions this year. That's kind of underwhelming where that eight and eight could actually win the division. There's always 100%. that one division. There's always that one division, you know, remember 100%. that famously the Seahawks went in at seven and nine and they beat the Saints, you know, that Marshawn Lynch famous run. There's always that one division where that eight and eight, you know, wins the division. And once you get in, who, who knows what could happen? That's, that's what I mean. It's, it's any given Sunday at that point, And you have no idea what's going to happen by then. But it's just you get in, you give yourself a chance to win. And that's just the name of the game. Just get in by any, any means necessary. Let's move on to the NFC East as we are rounding out this, you know, first episode of Ice the Kicker, which is on the Caps on Sports, you know, network created by, you know, our good buddy Tyler Blumenstick. Um, let's start at the top with the NFC East. You got the Cowboys and Eagles. They're probably going to be the two teams that are going to be there at the end battling for that division. Um, the Eagles won it last year. The Cowboys kind of collapsed towards the end, you know, subpar play from Dak Prescott. Jason Garrett out the door. Um, my opinion about this NFC East, and I, I'm gonna, I wonder if you agree with me, and we talked about this, alluded to this at the very beginning, when it comes to like coach and quarterbacks returning, especially in a season like this with no preseason, no training camp. I think the Eagles are at a major advantage with yeah. Peterson and Wentz returning. They've played together for a number of years. They know each other. They know the system. Now, you know, the Eagles, you know, they had a, they had a few injuries so far, but I think the Eagles are – still the team to beat in this division. I think the Cowboys need to figure out some stuff. I don't, I think, you know, Dak Prescott, I think he regressed last year. I think he took a step back. They have brought in Mike McCarthy, great coach, Super Bowl winning coach, but it takes some time for someone to adjust to a new franchise, especially when you don't have the reps that you would under a normal season. We'll get to the Jets and Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Giants and the Washington football team, whatever you want to call them in in, in two (laughs) seconds. But in terms of, in terms of top two Eagles, Cowboys, I know the Cowboys got um, C.D. Lamb. I know that's going to be, you know, huge for them. Um, but I, I, like, I like the consistency that the Eagles have over the last couple of years, and I like the fact that they just seem to, like, they, they know what is expected of them. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, all right, their cornerbacks were probably pretty atrocious last year. All right, you go out, you paid slight. I don't care how much you paid. The market determines the price. You needed to pay him. He was high in demand. You went out and got the guy. So right there, again, it might not fix the problem – result-based, but you're trying to. And that's pretty much all we can ask for as a fan is just try to fix the problem at hand. Same thing. How many times everyone would roast Nelson Aguilar for dropping balls? They get Jalen Rager in, what, the first round. So yeah. they're, they're doing the things that, that they need to do to at least try to beat or, or be the division champions. And, again, they, the line is still very consistent, so very good. You still have Wentz back there, who's a very, very good quarterback. Again, it's, it's – When he's healthy. One of those, that's what I mean. It's, it's like if he's on the field, there's no reason that they're not the team to beat with the things that they did in the offseason to get better. Yeah, and Wentz, the whole, the whole thing with him is health. He has, he has all the tools to be, you know, a great quarterback in the league, and you go to the Cowboys, and, you know, Dak 
is he the guy that if you're Jerry Jones, you're giving that contract to, you already paid Elliot, you know, a, a boatload of money. Are you going to really give Dak Prescott what the quarterback market determines is, you know, right for him when you're already paid your running back? I mean, you're, that's your, that's a whole lot of your salary cap for a quarterback that we don't really know if he's, you know, a Super Bowl caliber guy. Yeah. Again, you, you look at Patty Mahomes, every single person, player, analyst, coach, whatever is like, I will invest whatever for this guy. It's simple as that. And the fact that Dak Prescott, you're questioning, is he my franchise quarterback? Eh, I don't know. So am I going to invest $40 million, which is as of right now is probably what it's going to take to get him. That, that worries me a little bit because like we said, you're eating up a very, very large chunk of that salary cap. And again, they have, again, not, not to, to put uh, Andy Dalton on a pedestal because he's not the greatest, but he, he's a very average quarterback. And it's like, is he a guy that can win you some games? Yeah, probably. If you put the right pieces around him. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Bengals have made the playoffs. They, they never had success in the playoffs, but they were a, a pretty good playoff team. And they, yeah, won they the were a perennial a team for about three or four years. So it, it's one of those situations that like, again, Dak, Dak's still playing on that one-year franchise tender of 33 million, whatever it is, but it's, Jerry Jones, again, he's not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to pay you whatever you want because I don't think he wants to. Because, again, you're going to see these changing of the guard quarterbacks at these other places. What if, what if Jerry Jones, say, in the next offseason, says, all right, Rodgers, I want you because they want to ship Rodgers out. Or what if he said, all right, Big Ben, I'll take you. I'll, yeah. I'll take Matt Ryan off, off his team. He'd be, more, I'd be, he'd be more than willing to do that and instead of paying Dak. 40 plus million dollars for probably the five plus years he wants. Like, I just, that, that's dangerous. I can't to me. see it. I, I don't think he's worthy of it. I don't, I, he hasn't shown I, me enough. It, it, it's just getting, it's like statistically. I remember again, the, I remember the Thanksgiving game specifically last year with, he missed throws like crazy. You talked about Allen, how he misses throws. Prescott was throwing it just directly into the turf and there was nobody there. A, and they started four and oh, and they played a bunch of bad teams. But then it's like, once you start playing good teams, it's like, you couldn't. You didn't know what to do. Again, the, the division winners in the NFC East were, were nine and seven. It was the Eagles. Yeah. And that basically came down to Week Seventeen. It's like you're telling me with all that firepower that you had on offense and Zeke and Gallup and you had Amari Cooper as well that you're also paying a boatload of money. You you couldn't figure out how to win win games and outscore these these teams. Like it, it was yeah. pretty mind boggling to me. And I really think that Dak will not be a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, I, I've never been a Dak fan. I, I don't know. He just he always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's good for me. I hate the Cowboys. Yeah, Despise them. that. So, there you go. You know, yeah, I think the Eagles are still the cream of the crop. And then, you know, Dallas, if they ever figure it out, if, you know, if, if the light clicks for Prescott in year, I believe it's five now. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, see, what, we'll see what happens. To my Giants, um, you said you, 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 you you made a good point when you're talking about the Dolphins and kind of looping the Giants into it. Like, why not us? You know, that, you know, last seed, they expand the playoffs. You know, Daniel Jones to me last year, he showed me actually a lot of good things. I was not happy with the pick whatsoever when they initially made it. I was like, who the hell is this kid from Duke? Who the hell comes out of Duke in the NFL? Yeah. So, you know, when he came in and he had that, you know, game against the Buccaneers where they won in overtime and he made Tore that huge comeback, I, I was laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. But over the course of the season, he really showed me he can make the throws. He's obviously much more mobile than Eli Manning's ever been in his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's important. Um, the one thing that Daniel Jones struggled with was his fumbles. And yeah. that is something that needs to be tightened up. I mean, we talked about 
for, you know, 15 years, Eli's interceptions, you know, the same thing could be said about Daniel Jones. He fumbled the ball all the time. And I think the ball security thing, not only for Jones, but really every quarterback in the NFL and really in the NFL in in general, the name of the game, hold on to the football when you have it. And I think the next big step that I want to see from the Giants, not necessarily the the record, the wins and losses, because Mm -hmm. now if they win six and seven games, I'll I'll take it. But more, even more than that, because I know they're not going to be a great team. I know they're not going to win the Super Bowl and they might not even make the playoffs. But what I want to see this year from Daniel Jones is ball security. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And, Again, I, I was the same thing. I was like, Daniel Jones, like, who, who's this guy? Like, uh, yeah. nothing really, nothing really attractive about it. But then you saw, and that's why I like to look at with basically all quarterbacks and basically players, especially rookies, is are they getting better? And, and then I really think that he did get a lot better from week one to week 17. You, you saw him really kind of take over a little bit of a leadership role. Obviously, big shoes to fill with Eli Manning could kind of, you still have that kind of awkward tension there. Mm-hmm. And, he, I thought he did a great job coming in, kind of getting thrown into the fire a little bit, clearly. You're stealing Eli Manning, who every Giants fan loves, basically. You're stealing yeah. his job. So mm-hmm. the fans are already kind of strike one against you. But I thought he did a great job. And I think ball security is something that can be taught. Yeah, Instinctiveness, uh, uh, pretty, uh, accuracy, obviously arm strength, that's stuff you can't really teach. And but he has it. That's what I mean. So he has that. He has, again, he has a good enough pocket presence. I think that obviously can be worked on a little bit, but something like like just generally holding onto the ball, like when someone comes in, that could be taught. And yeah. again, he, he was a big uh, Peyton and Eli Manning camp guy growing up. I remember hearing that he went to those. I'm sure they can teach him a thing or two about how to hold onto the football. And I know he put on some muscle too. So hopefully he worked out his hands a little bit too, but I, I still see that being something that could be easily fixed. And obviously with the offensive line help and, and Andrew Thomas, I, I, there's not going to be as many guys kind of getting on him as quick. So it's going to give him a second to breathe and a second to realize, all right, I don't have to be in panic mode right when I call hike. So I, yeah. I expect him to definitely take a leap forward. And you may, you make a good point. Andrew Thomas, obviously he's going to help the giants immensely. As long as he doesn't end up like Eric flowers did you know, That's a disaster. Never want to talk about him again, but my dolphins now. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Straight. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he gets this new guy in, in this new coach in Joe Judge, and you, you watch the press conference. I was working for ABC at the time, and you know my job that day was to watch the press conference, you know, and cut up like the best four minutes where he sounds most interesting, so we can send to our you know affiliates at ABC. And when I was working on it, I was I had such a hard time picking out certain points of the press conference to cut out because you know in a half hour press conference, you only, I was only supposed to get four minutes four minutes the entire press conference was phenomenal they yeah. the complete opposite of pat Shermer. like this guy you know old school hardcore <laughs> belichick football guy i think this guy is really what the giants need after two disasters in mcadoo and Shermer, who just weren't as you would call wouldn't call gase a leader of men this guy seems like a guy who can lead his team he's already like doing these weird things where he's making his grown men players run laps and he's like doing push-ups to punish himself. I think this is—I think this is a guy. Of course, they can start zero and four, and I can call from yeah. being fired. I, I, I yeah. hold yeah, yeah. right to say that. I hold my reservation to make that claim by week five. But right now, mm-hmm. as we're speaking, I think—I think Joe Judge is the kind of guy that the Giants need. And and again, like we talked about before, with the Eagles getting that cornerback that they needed, they're getting a guy who—he's not just a band-aid. He—he looks like a leader, and you see him diving in the mud at practice, and everybody's kind of huddling around him, going nuts like. That's the type of guys you want to see leading your team. 
Yep. And again, obviously, Bill Belichick probably isn't going to dive and, and tackle a football in the mud. But he just – like, would you follow this guy? And the answer, I think, right now is yes. And, again, it's tough to look at results. But you see, uh, again, a younger team, I'm pretty sure, with the Giants. And they look pretty inspired as of right now. And you see, like, the pictures of them doing drills with the tennis balls on their hands to not hold. And, again, that's little things that a lot of coaches, I think, honestly overlook. And it's like, if you don't penalize – if you're a team that's low in penalties, you're probably going to be pretty successful too. And that's something that Belichick and his Patriots teams always are good at. They never, 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 never commit penalties and they don't turn the ball over. And again, it's just, you, you get that guy in Joe judge with this press conference. And I watched it too. And I'm just like, I'm fired up. Like I'm ready yeah. to go. Not even a Giants fan. You're ready to go. That's what I mean. It's you're, you're just respecting what he's putting out there and as, as a player, as like Saquon, as Daniel Jones, like I'm fired up. And, and that's what, what you want to get to. And again, if, if it becomes that the X's and O's, don't don't uh, work out for him in his favor. Oh well, but but you tried with a guy who definitely could sell you some hope. And again, hope hope is a dangerous word, a dangerous thing it's for a fan. Words. But again, you like you said, you compare him to Adam Gase. It, it, they don't compare. They, yeah. I, again, I would not follow Adam Gase anywhere. But this guy Joe Judge, I'd be like, I'd play for you if you ever need uh, a ball boy. I'd be like, I'm with you. I'll follow you into the dark. It doesn't matter. Cause he's just, he's giving you that energy that, that these teams need, especially these younger teams. Cause not everybody could have the bill Belichick or the Andy Reeds. So it's like pretty much who's going to, who's going to step up. And same thing that we talked about with quarterbacks, who's going to be the next crop of co- coaches that are going to yeah. step up and kind of take the reins. We're running out of time, but I do want to make one last point on the giants before we move on. They, mm-hmm. they, they need, we talked about, you know, and I agree what with we're talking about it, but the Giants and Dolphins, how, you know, it's not this year. You got to build, you got to build, you got to build, you got to build up the quarterbacks. Giants have a little bit of a, uh, of a catch 22 with that because of Barkley. And he's going to, he's going to be up for big money soon. And that was the whole problem with me with the Giants taking him because they weren't ready to win. Now you kind of pick the running back as like the last, the cherry on top of a Super Bowl winning team. The Giants yeah. decided to build off of Barkley and they're running out of time with him. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And I was going to write an article about it, but I might have to bring it up right now is I 100% do not believe in paying a running back. Again, I will admit neither that. Neither do I. Dolphins, I don't either. The, I agree with the you. Dolphins, Dolphins have never had a premier running back since Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I, I've never experienced that. Again, is the running back the first round of it going to sell some jerseys? Yes. Is he going to put asses in the seats? Yes. But is that what you need? Again, you talk about it all the time. And I remember talking to all our friends and stuff like that. I'm like, you guys are crying for, oh, we need some old line. We, we need this. We need, we need a better defense. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm fine with paying Saquon Barkley probably $20 million that he, he, he wants. And that's what I talked about the past Super Bowl teams, Chiefs versus 49ers. You look at the running back one and running back two for each team. Damian Williams, $1.7 million. LaShawn McCoy, $3 million. You look at the Niners, Raheem Mostert, $2 million. Tevin Coleman, three point five million total salaries, like yeah. ten, a little over ten million. So mm-hmm. you're telling me for ten million dollars, I can get four quarterbacks that are obviously good enough to to play in a Super Bowl. Yeah. But but I want to I want to pay Saquon. It, it just it's the same thing with finances and stocks. I'd rather diversify because yeah. say you pay him twenty million dollars and he's out for three weeks. Oh shit, then what? Mm-hmm. So and the list goes on about it doesn't. The Super Bowl teams do not pay their running backs, and you yeah. take that that extra money, maybe you pay a couple guys, 5 million here, 5 million there. You take that extra 10, you throw it into a premier lineman. Yeah. That, that's, and I think, again, that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why the giants need to like, you know, they, they need to rebuild and they need to do it the right way, but it needs to be a little bit of an accelerated rebuild because 
it's going to be tough to, you know, sign Barkley and then build a team around Daniel Jones. That's, that's going to be a tough thing to do. Um, It's going to be one of those things. Oh, my bad. No, go ahead. Make your point. It's going to be one of those things where that you better hope as a Giants fan, because again, everybody wants really for the most part to be re-signed. It's one of those things to be tough, tough to swallow to not do it. But again, and I, I've told my friends this a lot, and I'm just like, if the Giants start like 0-6, I was like, they might be saying, hey, who wants Saquon Barkley? Because mm-hmm. maybe yep. clearly he's not necessarily winning you games. So I'd rather at least get something for him. And odds are you're probably going to get a first or second rounder. So if it comes to – if I'm still going to lose anyway, or because I already started 0-6, so odds are the chances of making the playoffs are slim to none. Why not at least get something for him? Cut the yeah. ties, be like, listen, we're going to send you off. It's going to be terrible for the fans, but – they'll accept it one when a year later you start winning some games and they'll be able to get over it, I, I think. But that's kind of my, my hot take for the night is that if the Giants start that 0-5, 0-6, and I really think they're going to be fielding some calls for Saquon. And it's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but I do believe it'll be better for them in the end. And you go, you go draft a guy in the second, third round, or you pay a guy $3, 4000000 million. Yeah, it's, it's definitely – I don't think it's as crazy as it seems. But, not at all. you know, they, not, can, not, they, can, get a, they can get an absolute haul for a guy like Saquon Barkley. 100%. Um, you know, one more little fun thing we'll do before we wrap up this, this show. Can't believe it's been over an hour already. This went fast. I know. I can um, go all night. I know, right? Um, you know, just wrap it up. You know, week one's tonight. Let's do, you know, as we, as we should, as any, you know, NFL podcast should, at wrapping mm. up week one, Super Bowl pick. Um, I, I, I feel like we would both assume that the Chiefs are going to be back, but I'll let you uh, you'll take the floor. Who do you who who's your Super Bowl matchup? So, so ah, it's it's it, again it's it's so easy to say the Chiefs, and I'm I'm going to get baited into obviously to be the Chiefs. Yeah, in, I am in the, in the AFC, but I really think that you're going to see the Seahawks come out of the NFC. Wow, we have we have the same thing. We have the same. Thing. I, I just again, it, it's easy to say Tampa Bay. But I think they might fizzle out towards the end. And again, same thing like Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, that connection right there, that's yep. that's that's dangerous. And that that's who you want. And I think Russell Wilson is probably one of the most slept on just players. He's yep. almost got the Mike Trout treatment out in the West right now. But he, he is so, so good. And look you look at the teams he has, like really nothing, nothing crazy. Like not, nothing crazy really around him. But they, he just wins games, and he just throws the team on his back and saying, let's go, you're coming for the ride, and I don't care what you have to say, but we're going to win some games. So I really think you're going to see them take a nice run into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Still, obviously, probably loose to the Chiefs, but it, yeah. it's going to be a good run to watch. I have the same, I have the same matchup, and we obviously, for those listening, we didn't, we didn't plan no. this. Like, we, <laughs> we, we literally did, we did not plan this, but I have the exact, I have the exact same thing. Yeah. Chiefs, I, I, Jackson needs to show me in the playoffs. I mean, two years in a row. Yeah. Can Jackson beat the Chiefs in the home? Yeah, I, I think they could. But, you know, Jackson mm-hmm. needs to play well. I mean, let's not forget what he did last year. It was absolutely phenomenal. Of course, yeah. Of course. On the NFC side, you know, I, I agree the Seahawks, the Seahawks are definitely going to be there um, or be around in the conversation. But I don't think you should sleep on teams like the Packers, of course. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we went this whole show without mentioning the NFC, the reigning NFC champions, the 49ers. I think um, – Yeah. I, I think I, I don't I, I'm hoping they don't have that like Atlanta Falcons kind of like decline Just, after a mm-hmm. tough loss. I mean, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for that Atlanta team. And, you know, a lot of a lot has been said about the play selection that they did um, mm-hmm. not throwing the ball. You know, Ryan takes that sack and then the Patriots get the ball back. 
you, you, I hope that it doesn't happen again to him because I mm-hmm. think um, that 49er team is very good. I think the Packers are very good. I think they're going to be um, inspired to get, you know, Rodgers one more trip to the Super Bowl. But I think in the end, it's going to be the, the Chiefs and Seahawks. I think those are the two most talented teams. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with you there. All right, that will just about do it. Matt, this was our first show. It went quick. It was awesome. Yeah, this was awesome. It was awesome. awesome. It was a good time. It, it, felt yeah. very, it felt very natural like we've done it before. That's what I mean. It's, it's all well, we, we text have, about we anyway. We have, but we do it yeah. through text. We haven't actually like been on a Zoom call. So that'll just about do it. This is the first episode of Ice the Kicker. Hopefully on Monday night when we come back for our, you know, we're going to be regularly we're going to be regularly posting on Tuesday mornings. We're going to record after the Monday, Monday night football game, um, review the week, look about, look at the next week and what's to come. And hopefully our third host Garrett will be, will be a part of it next week. Can't wait to get the Jets fan on here. Oh my God. He's going to be, he's going to be a mess. It's going to be, he's going to be screaming. We're never going to get a word in. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Can't wait. So that'll just about do it. This has been the first episode of ice the kicker. My name is Clemson Negris alongside Matt, Matt, um, Matt Ferrar. I know so many Matts. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all I almost good. said, I have a friend named Matt DeLuca. I want to shout him out. I have a friend named Matt DeLuca. <laughs> so I almost said DeLuca, but I had to stop myself and say Ferrara. for Ferrara. I'm Clemson Negris for Matt Ferrara. We'll see you on Tuesday. Adios.